Shifting Focus, episode 12. We are here with the one and only industry leader in the Emerald Coast when it comes to the barber industry, Joe Clark. Woo-woo. Thank you. Thank you for having Drum me. Drum roll. That's right. So let's start here by saying I found Joe because I came, we came from Miami, from LA, even in Nashville, always had a good barber. I'd be Googling, yelping. I'm like, there's no good barbers anywhere out here. I mean, no offense. There are good hairstylists, whatnot, but like that legit barber vibe. Like you go in, it's a lounge, it's cool, it's sleek. And then I found Clark's Barber Lounge in Destin. Him? I think I was just Googling and randomly it finally popped up Clark's. I was like, ooh, where's this? That's Wait, not that far. You were Googling? You mean marketing works? Oh, marketing works. <laughs> wow. Do you That's have right. any do you have any SEO out there or your business on Google? Obviously. Yeah, yeah. We're all all of our shops are on Google and we most of our clients find us through there. Wow, how interesting. Wow. Okay, continue. No, but I went in there and sure enough, I was like, oh, damn. And then I had like the Barber Evo magazines and I was like, this is legit. So definitely industry leading. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. Why are you covering up your haircut? Uh, well, He's- unlike Joe, he was early today <laughs> and I hopped out of the shower and he was there. And next week's the, the fade, re, you know, fix up. So yeah. every two so weeks, every two weeks, every, every, two, every weeks. two Thursdays. See, there's some there. There's room for men to have your pampering. That's right. Mm-hmm. Girls have it all the time. This yeah. is this is what we got now. Lashes, eyebrows, filler, Botox. Mm-hmm. We do all the things, and That's then right. you guys get your haircuts every two weeks. Yeah. So right. let's let's take it back then. Where where did you come from, and how did you end up here? Well, born and raised in Puerto Rico. Um, started really early, um, cutting hair, probably like sixteen, and it was just some natural little hustle that I had coming up and it turned into lucrative um you know being young and making good amount of money and in the mid 90s was you know pretty nice and i just continued to do it throughout the years and was very uh um successful i had barbershops early on in my you know i was like 19 when i had my first barbershop it was kind of crazy barbershop but you know at 19 years old um, and from there, um, I moved to United States in the, in the late nineties, 2000 kind of, and I visit Fort Walton beach and that's where everything started. My brother, my mom was living here before I, I came in and there was not many barbershops in town. So, um, me coming from Puerto Rico and having gone to big cities and, and, you know, cut hair, we end up, um, you know, having a success here in the in the area because a lot of the military guys were coming from big cities and wanting a little bit more than, you know, your military standard haircut that they were getting on base. So we became pretty popular. You got that niche here. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so what you're saying is you opened up barbershops in Puerto Rico before you even came here or did you start here? Yeah, my first barbershop was in Bayamon, Puerto Rico. I was around 19 years old. And it was an experiment, and um, it worked out pretty good. We were real busy. Yeah. Um, it got uh, better as I continued to learn from from working in other places, and um, and you know, still doing it to this day. We love it. What inspired you to want to be a barber? Yeah. What pick? When did you yeah. pick up those clippers? Yeah. When were you like, time? I want to cut hair forever? Well, my mom was a hairstylist, but she had a few jobs: single mom, raising two kids. Um, and so you were getting into trouble, you're saying? I, no, I was trying to help her out and I wanted to make money. I was, you know, 
that time I, w- I wanted to find something and I just started doing my brother, my neighbors, you know, and it just suddenly kind of like took off and kind of quickly in a few months was averaging, I don't know, four or $500 uh, for a kid, that's good. a week. Yeah, <laughs> with no, no with, <laughs> with allowance no, is five bucks, and you're over here raking in five hundred dollars. Yeah, with no bills, you know, living with my mom. So, I mean, just by being able to support my, you know, the things that I wanted, mm-hmm. made, you know, helped her out a little bit. And um, but yeah, uh, the money was good, and I love what I did. I love talking to people. I like uh, being able to catch up with them, you know, every other week and know what they're doing and. It was interesting. You know? How did you learn your craft? I mean, was your did your mom teach you how to cut hair? Or did you go in and just Edward Scissorhand butcher some stuff at first? Well, it was self-taught. Well, okay. she had her equipment at the house. And um, at the time, she was doing, she was a hairstylist. She did perms, did all the, mm-hmm. you know, styles that we're in mm-hmm. at the time. And in the 90s, it started to, the fades and all the, the haircuts that were more trendy, she didn't know how to do. So my brother would let me do anything. I did a flat top on him the first time. It, it was, it was crazy. I mean, it's your it, brother JC that's in the shop today. Yeah, yeah. He let you do the bowl cut. Well, I made I did a pool on in the middle of his head. It's like a, it was crazy. <laughs> a lot of hairspray. Yeah, and he, I mean, he was cool with it. He loved it. You were doing the Paula D blowout before it was popular. Yes. Yeah. Um, what was it like growing up in Puerto Rico? It was pretty good. I mean, we lived in a neighborhood that was, uh, you know, a lot of youth. So um, it was easier to make friends and do sports and yeah. my mom would come home and there was like 10 kids inside of my house playing Nintendo and we, I was just cutting hair all day and she didn't like the you know the mess they end up eating <laughs> our food in the house and <laughs> it was a little crazy so oh, she didn't crazy. like it too much mm-hmm. but then she starts seeing that I had a little money in my pocket <laughs> and it was all right yeah so then what made the what uh, motivated the move to the states at that point so my mom ended up moving to uh, Fort Walton, um, and I stayed behind because I was in high school, and I was already cutting at a barber shop. I was there um, under supervision of Bolivar. He's uh, one of my barbers. He's my mentor, and he was the one first one that gave me a, a shot at the barber shop. And um, so I stayed there, and my mom was over here, and I would visit Fort Walton a couple times, you know, at Christmas. And then, you know, I ended up moving over here. Puerto Rico was a little crazy at the time, and there was a lot of kids getting in trouble, and I was hanging out, you know, with all kind of people in the barbershop. Yeah. What yeah. kind of crazy were you doing? You getting in trouble with the kids over there? Well, no, yeah, Puerto Rico in the 90s was, was tough, you know. I was living in a neighborhood that, that, you know, just had a lot going on, crime and stuff, and the barbershop was in the center of everything, so mm. we knew everybody. Um, and there was, I mean, there's a lot of stories that happened at that barbershop that, you know, it, it was crazy. And now that I look back, I'm like, wow, some, kind of some movie stuff. Going yeah. on. What would be your craziest story that uh, you think that you want to share? Oh, man, I had guys in, in the barbershop that were, you know, very well known in the, you know, in the projects and had beef with other people. And, you know, you were in the barbershop kind of nervous because you're cutting this guy and you know the other one's coming in and you're like wow i need to finish this guy before the other one gets here and there's a few episodes that we kind of for, felt for our lives but like you know paths would cross between different gang members or yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah yeah we had a situation that was pretty scary you know what happened? people Gun, were strapped yeah yeah people were strapped and stuff like that but you know i think uh 
back then the barbershop was was a local hub and they did respect the barbers you know because mm. you know they were friends they you know they become friends after you cut their hair too many times and and uh, they respect your job but they, at the same time you know they're not they're trying to survive the, <laughs> themselves yeah and they need to they need to look good so yeah. they want to keep you in oh they don't care over there yeah. they can I mean, they go. They're gonna get a haircut no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> they're just gonna be me mugging the dude across in the other chair the yeah. whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. so crazy. Pistol underneath the barber cape. Yeah. Were you ever there. held at gunpoint? No, no. no. Never. Some uh, one of my barbers got uh, held at gunpoint outside, but they were trying to steal a motorcycle or something like that, and he was leaning on it. It's like it's not mine. I don't have the keys. <laughs> take it. Yeah. Take it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, That's so wild. Yeah, some fun stories at the same time, but is Fort Walton so quiet compared to Puerto Rico? When I did move here, it was a big shame. Yeah, yeah. I walk out of my house and look right, look left, and nobody out. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, Where is everyone? <laughs> Everyone's at church. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, so it, was a, it was, it uh, was, yeah, it was cultural shock, kind cultural of. shock. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but you know. I was looking for the peace. But then I moved to Orlando for a little oh, bit. Oh, I didn't know that. It was too slow. And there were not that many barber shops. And I think everybody was real laid back in this area. Mm -hmm. Either you're a surfer, you're, you know, beach, you're not like getting your hair cut as often. And, you know, there weren't that much, it's not like concerts and right. events going on, you know, so people kept their hair long. Or it was in the military and mm -hmm. most guys just got like a, you know, a, High and tight. High and tight. They didn't really care for like all the looks. But I think things have changed now. Is there a barber on base? Do they have yeah. so they have the guys that cut their hair military style? Like they have to yeah, they have I, certain I, criteria, I right? I think when you're brand like when you're just starting out in the military and you're on base and you have a vehicle, you're eighteen or nineteen mm -hmm. years old, like they're kind of forced or they don't have too many options. Sure. True. So yeah. but, but I, as you move up, you kind of step outside of base, find someone like you. Yeah look nice and fresh yeah and guys now in the air force and military like things have changed a little bit and the rules are not you know so harsh like they used to be yeah so they want to look normal they want to look stylish yeah. they're still going out on the weekends and destined at the red door and stuff <laughs> yeah, yeah. so are. how was orlando compared to fort walton for you you went there after fort walton for a little bit right? yeah mm -hmm. no i stayed there many years um i kept coming back visiting my brother and my mom but it was just a little bit more up upbeat at the time and um big latin community mm -hmm. and the barbershops were a lot you know you know a lot more busier and so i had a few friends that had barbershops there so i worked you know around a few barbershops and you know it was kind of like my style at the time as i got older i, I start seeing the change in, in destin and fort walton a lot more you know younger people moving from other states mm -hmm. and I start liking it, you know, and plus I didn't need the nightlife scene like, <laughs> like I used to, I used to party hard. So did you, yeah, yeah. I used to love going to uh, downtown Orlando and, and just all the clubs. Clubbing and, I mean, you yeah. think about it though, you're a walking billboard. business card. Yeah. You're walking yeah. billboard for yourself. So you step into the club looking fresh with a haircut guys are like, where'd you get your haircut, man? Yeah. It's business. You could go out and that's part of your rifle. Now it's cool to say I'm a barber. Back then, was it the same in the 90s? Yeah. You're like, I'm a barber. Yeah, yeah. So you're in touch with so many people. So, I mean, being a barber was kind of cool with me growing up in every way. So I used to kind of get into the clubs that most people had to be on a list. And I used, 
knew the, knew the bouncer or knew the promoter. Because you cut all their hair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I had, you know, yeah. And, and still to this day, you know, I go places and like, you know, people know me. It kind of sucks at the same time because I don't drink like I used to. Yeah. So I'll go to a bar and they're like giving me double shots and sending You're drinks. Like and I'm pouring like, it out and having a sip. <laughs> You're like, do one of these. Yeah, I'm like, hey, man, like, just leave it normal, man. Yeah, yeah. I just want a little bit, please. So, but it's when, nice. When you were at Disney, did you, ha I'm sorry, when you were in Orlando, did you have a theme park that you liked? Were you a Disney or a Universal person? Oh, well, yeah, we had the annual pass for mm -hmm. family, and we used to go to Universal most most of the, most of the time. I mean, kids like Disney, but we kind of went over there to Universal. Yeah. Pause for one second. I'm going to put okay. Bella up front. I know. I yeah. hear her snoring. snoring. That's why I kept looking at, I kept looking at you like, are you not hearing that? Okay. She must be right at the door, huh? I bet. Yeah. In case you see me looking at David, you're not doing anything wrong. I'm just, I'm hearing her. <laughs> oh, because it's coming in through that uh -huh. mic. Okay. Uh -huh. Oh my. So sassy. Oh, my poor cuticles. I, I have a garden. I'm trying to learn how I to, I want it. to plant my own food. I went over there. And I just got into it without putting my gloves on and I beat the crap out of my hands. So it just looks like I. Yeah. Yeah. I want to start growing my own food. Yeah. I mean, we're, we tried, mm -hmm. but we're not very successful at it. <laughs> Me either. So far I've gotten two banana peppers. Yeah. Uh, I had a cucumber, but it was about this big. So I, you know, I'm just learning, right? I'm in the learning phase of trying to figure out. It's nice. A lot of, everybody's oh, getting everybody's getting more conscious about it trying to grow mm -hmm. grow um you know grow their own food and stuff at least the essential you know yeah Instead. and surprisingly <laughs> destin has a really good i mean did you like the milk in your coffee i loved it you did did yeah, it taste did really different good. did it taste different from anything you've had before no but it was strong That's, uh -huh. i like that the yeah. milk was um pet milk okay you pet milk. It's raw milk. It's raw milk it's from, pasteurized from, from a farmer. Store. It's from a real farmer here. Wow, that's good. So oh, we, it did taste good. We're tasted. doing that now by getting like raw milk and fresh eggs from like everything local. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Panhandle Pines. They they sell pet milk. I have to keep you putting could, it in yeah, quotations. Because it's illegal to sell raw, raw milk. milk to humans. Mm -hmm. So you have to put on the label it's pet for milk. pets. Okay. Yeah. And she's, I mean, they've got. the U.S. government wants you to pasteurize, which means put everything through chemicals first before you sell yeah, it. Yeah. They want you to strip out all the I'm nutrients. Like, we can't have natural shit anymore. You're going to make us take your poison. It's, well, the idea is weird. they were saying, you know, because they say there's listeria and things you can get. But I mean, how many times were people drinking raw milk and it's fine? And there's, I don't know. Unless you're sitting it out in the hot and it's... Yeah, it's a little different. Yeah. But well, I, I've never lived through that time, but I remember seeing on movies where they'll bring fresh milk. From a pail, right? Yeah, they yeah. leave it in front of your house yeah. and stuff like that. And that's how we yeah. used to get but it. But it, it'll go bad and... It goes bad quicker. Yeah. yeah. Like this is... The shelf life's not as long, but you know she's selling it every week. And yeah. then you well, get to see her thing. cows and yeah. You got to drink it. When you you got to drink it. Yeah. <laughs> that's how and, it used to be back in the day. That's why mm -hmm. things weren't wrapped in plastic and shelf life was a year. Yeah. It's like, no, real food is going to go bad in a week. You better eat it and then go make new food. Mm -hmm. That's so. why we want to grow this. The front yard, I don't know if you saw, we had the sod in the front. It's just yeah. those patches. Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering. I was yeah. Like, oh, I think maybe they started something. Well, we were told. <laughs> yeah, that from our Costa Rican man, Rodolfo. It's like, oh, I got you. I'll put it here and there. He's like, put some sod. It'll take. It'll grow your whole front yard. Well, it didn't. Now we have patchwork. I'm like, great. Us. Now we got to do the whole thing or take the whole thing out. So I was telling David, I said, why don't we just turn the whole front yard into a garden and make it be, you know, have a bee garden where we have a lot of flowers. and Yeah, we have bees in the back. Did she tell you that? Yeah, we have no. bees. Yeah. So if you want honey in your next cup, it'll be local from back here. I'll try. In yeah. the backyard. Yeah. 
Yeah. So right. we're, we're trying to do that. You know, we want to be more conscious about what we're putting in our bodies. And I know we're shifting focus here. Well, yeah. We'll go time. back to the. <laughs> yeah. We'll go back to this. Yeah. All right. So anyway. back on page. I'll yeah. edit that out. No, it was good. I like talking I like about it. it. No, I didn't. Yeah, keep it I, in. I wasn't here. So I well, it out. Well, well, we can loop it back in and then tie it back right. in. We or, edit as we talk too. So, yeah. and if you don't worry, by the way, if you say something or you think like, I don't want, don't worry, we can chop it all okay. up. All right. Yeah. But so, you're doing really great so far. So you're in Orlando clubbing it up. When did you decide to make move back? And then at that point you didn't own your own shop yet, right? No. So uh, I did, I did purchase a home here bef before I actually moved to Orlando when I was in my, you know, mid twenties, it's a little fixer up and, um, I rented it out and moved to uh, Orlando and I just kept coming back to check on it, visit my family. You had like a rental, a house rental? I, yeah. Or I, a barbershop rental? No, a house. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so at one point, um, my family moved into the house. So I would come, you know, come just visit. And I just start, started to see a much, much more upbeat, you know. And it grew on me. I always loved the area. I mm -hmm. mean, the beach, the the you know, the the lifestyle was kind of like something I seen. Well, once I get a little older, I'll move back. You yeah. Know? <laughs> so, but now it's a lot, lot much better. I mean, there's so much to do here. Uh, so much more diversity. Yeah, um, that was huge, right? People are moving from LA, Texas. Yeah. I hear people in my share all the time, you know, moving from big states, and they're just coming with new ideas, fresh money. They want to you know, recreate what they had in their state. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a lot of things lacking here that, that you know, in the, in the big cities were, mm -hmm. you know, more you know, popular. So especially the barbershop. But the barbershop scene here was, uh, when I got here, was just very, um, I don't know. Like mon pa. Well, yeah, there were small little businesses. I mean, you had good barbers, but there wasn't much to do. The experience was, you know, more of a, I need a haircut. So Clippers. there's only three places to choose from <laughs> and we go and we get it. And, um, you know, so I had all these ideas from the different places I lived and visit. And as I, I just wanted to replicate it. And a lot of people, you know, my, my first barbershop in Fort Walton, um, um, Clark's barber lounge, the idea behind it was just a relaxed kind of like place to hang out, you know, with, we had a bar we had a VIP room. Nice. A lot of the bar local barbers were like, "Man, he's trying to bring Miami over here. That's not gonna so work." Yeah, Will, <laughs> come on. Yeah, Will. So we had a little pushback, you know. Obviously, in order to to you know bring that experience, our prices uh, were a little higher, and people was like, "Oh, I don't know, you know, that's too much." Now I got to make an appointment. I just want to walk in. So you know, it was a, a interesting process, but we started doing it right before everybody kind of like started to you know we did it we did it and people start to kind of replicate it because yeah. time was uh, very valuable people wanted to come in and be unexpected and not have to wait around two hours so i think that made a difference i think our online booking uh with squire was was what really kind of like gave us that edge when you did know? you guys what were you using before squire well, we use a few things. We use uh, Booksy, which is real popular, and but with barbers. Um, then we switched to Mind Body, which is like a, a lot of like yoga and gyms use that. So gyms are very they use Mind Body a lot, and um, but the cool thing is that there's a lot of um, how do you call it? Amen um, there's a lot of amenities in the gyms, yoga classes, mm. spinning classes. So 
my body had where they had a spa, you could put your barbershop, a hairstylist. Mm -hmm. And a lot of my ideas for my future shops came from using those those apps. Cool. So that won't cover many things, just not barbering and hairstyling. Mm -hmm. So um, you like Squire? I like Squire. Squire came in. Um, we got it when they first first kind of come out, and they've done a really really good job with how everything looks online mm -hmm. and how easy it is. To yeah, work. yeah. They've they've really perfected that funnel, right? And they're very. They are. They listen to the to to the barbershop owners and barbers, so they're always adapting, doing new things. They just came out with a walking, um, kind of like before you had to get yourself on a waiting list, mm -hmm. which is that came after COVID and it worked out pretty good. But they have a walking list now. Oh, so, that's cool. So it just gives you first barber available, and you put yourself on that list. And How many barbers are in your shop? I know you have multiple shops, but so I have four locations. Our our headquarters uh, has ten chairs, and right now we have about eight eight barbers, and they're all awesome. I'm sure. So yes. getting in that walk-in list, people know they're going to see somebody who's legit, as opposed to walking into great clips, and you're like, oh, I don't know if I'm getting. Yeah, we have very experienced barbers. I don't yeah. think um, even the newer barbers, um, once they join our team, just because the the experience and the structure i mean they easily start you know getting they're, they're kind of put into a spot mm -hmm. the clients also expect um you know certain level of, of haircut and the cl our clients are prepaying that's before, awesome before oh, yeah. they even the get squire there. right yeah the squire was, nice. was the first one to did that too so and that was scary yeah <laughs> I, I used to get phone calls all the time hey man i don't really understand that this i have to pay and tip before i even get there yeah and I'm like, it was kind of, you know, I'm, I'm trying to convince myself yeah. that because yeah. usually you want to kind of tip after you get a haircut because you want to know how good the barber is. Right. Mm -hmm. Did you see your tips going down or staying higher? Did you see any influx with that? Honestly, the first few months I had a little pushback. Some people will call, some people will come in and they was just calling me on the phone and I'm like, hey. If you can book online, I appreciate it, man. I'm in the middle of a haircut, do the shave, yeah. and I got to go to the computer and start typing in mm -hmm. your phone number and name. So, um, you know, I think right after COVID, it kind of like clicked. Mm -hmm. Everybody started ordering food, ordering everything, doing everything online, buying groceries online. I mean, so I think the ones that weren't too fun, you know, they weren't too crazy about the idea. They got used to it through other apps. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, it, became and a it makes it easy too. It's like everything's done. All right, thanks. See you next week. And you're just like, and it yeah, saves okay. so much time. I mean, how much time were people taking <laughs> to? And you have to stop what you're doing to check them out, answer and run the their phone, cards, yeah, like set a schedule. It probably makes you more efficient as a business. Yeah, I mean, you spend at least five minutes uh, in a, checking somebody out, going to you know to the computer and. Running their card. And Making their like next that. appointment. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's probably. And Squire sends those text updates. Oh, yeah. Letting you know, mm -hmm. don't forget. And I get it two hours before the my appointment. Yeah. Every two Thursdays at 8 a.m. It's great, isn't reminder it? Reminder from Squire. Yeah, I love it. It's kind of love... a little annoying, right? You get a, you, you get one in the morning, one, two hours before. Yeah, it's like, and then you get yeah. a thank you one. And yeah. then they ask you for a review. I mean, but, you know, if you are if you love, like, the service and the, and the place, I mean... It's just kind of gives that um, 
it takes away from the barber having to really do all that interaction. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it feels super easy to access mm -hmm. anytime. Look at the description of service, book the yeah. appointment. Yeah, we worked with Taylor with S&P down in Miami. Oh, yeah. And we were working with Booksy at one point. Oh, actually, he had something else, some archaic when we first Majestic started. Majestic was talking about Booksy. He had everything on Booksy from we, his prior. We clients. worked with Booksy and then we switched to Squire. They're like, we want to work with you because Taylor was racking in, you know, a lot of money. Yeah. And so, but we, what they didn't realize when they worked with us is that we don't, people don't pay right away. <clears throat> Excuse me. Because it's a bigger payment. So it's like deposit. Yeah, they didn't payments. do their final. Well, yeah, because, uh, the, yeah, because it's two, three thousand dollars. Yeah. Each, uh, uh, so yeah. so it's not Squire, like just checking out like a barber, 35 to 60 dollar cuts. Like, yeah. Maybe three grand. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and that would work. But then Squire was hoping that they would bank on that fee on the back end with us. Yeah. But we were like, we don't know. We have to do a consultation sometimes. We have to get pictures first before we can lock it in. Yeah. And so it kind of threw off the system, what yeah. they what they normally do. But I think for barbers, it's a perfect app because you guys, it just flows. But for people who do like tattooing, tattooing. they'd have to manipulate the app a little bit for. Yeah, I used to have industry. a tattoo shop. You did? Yeah. Where? Um, in the in the headquarters. I had a. You uh, say headquarters. Where's headquarters? So that's a Fort Walton. The, okay. the first Fort barber shop. Yeah. That was that's the OG <laughs> that's spot. The, that's yeah. the big one. Okay, headquarters is yeah. Fort Walton. The other ones are satellite shops. You okay. know, so they started off just being like small. Barber shops, and I, I used to relocate my barbers that once they had a clientele and they wanted to kind of move location. Mm -hmm. How did that all start, though? So you just had the Fort Walton Beach, and then what gave you that idea to be like, I want other locations? Yeah, we want to know about your inspiration for for scaling and how you did yeah, it, and you, how you can yeah, motivate you other barbers <laughs> to scale. Like, if a barber's stuck in that one spot, just him, how do they get employees? How do they grow and become what you've done with your business? So, so, um, so we. It kind of was strange. It was like, uh, you know, I, I was reading at the time a book that say, you know, every time an offer comes to you, I forgot the name of the book. I can't quote it, but it would say, just say yes. Mm -hmm. You know, say yes. Somebody offers you something that you think is, is good. So one of my guys, one of my clients was um, managing a club in, in Destin. And um, he said, man, I have, you know, he, every time I used to go, he would be like, use that VIP. That's your VIP. I would, I would go with my girl, all my friends, and hang out in the VIP next to the bar. <clears throat> and one time when he saw that I opened my barber shop, he says, why don't you just take your VIP and bring a barber share? I was like, I mean, that would be good advertisement, right? I can, like, do some haircuts. In the club? At the club. <laughs> yeah. That's so great. Yeah. And, um, That's so great. And so, anyways, I end up looking at the space, and I said, can I fix it a little bit? So we took out the couches, we painted the same theme, theme as my barber shop in Fort Walton and brought my share and did a barber station. And at the time, it was just for promotion. Mm -hmm. So we would hang out there. My clients would come in and I would just edge them up, take videos and stuff like that. And people took pictures in front of our, our barber shop. So, and that was kind of like just for promotion. And at the time, I didn't think about how can places that have like extra square footage, you know, well, like we can monetize it, you know, because I wanted to have a barbershop in Destin. But at the time, um, I didn't have enough barbers. Um, I was looking at spaces and they were, you know, kind of high in pricing and big, too big. And I'm like, I don't need nothing that big, you know, especially if you want to like, you know, you only have two barbers. You don't want to compromise with a, you know, with mm -hmm. a overhead. 
So that idea of that um, just kind of stay there. We use it for marketing. And then later on, I already had a barbershop in Destin. Like, all I had to do was get my permits and operate throughout the day in the in the club. And then as the night came in, you know, you still had a few clients. And then all the bartenders, all the bouncers, all the performers, mm-hmm. everything would have, you know, just kind of, you know, was very uh, convenient. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I later asked the guy, yeah, man, we always have people in the club cleaning. The doors are open. You know, so if you was there, it, it, you could have operate your barbershop, you know, and I was like, and he gave it to me at the time for free. He was like, hey, you wow. do that. So I could have just tell him, hey, I'll give you this amount of month. And um, and I think that would have been cool. You know, he later told me, yeah, we should have done it. You know, Oh, he didn't do it. He denied it. No, but we didn't at that time. My my we didn't think yeah. of, of that. You know, right. I was using it as promoting and I was like, he was like, you need to open a barbershop in Destin. You're missing out on so many clients. Everybody's driving to mm-hmm. Fort Walton mm-hmm. and we just didn't think of it. Mm-hmm. And then later on, one of my clients uh, came into the barbershop and he's buying all these uh, dealerships and, um, and you know, I'm talking, he bought like 14 dealerships. His name is Fernando and, and he was uh, CEO of Step One Automobile Group. Wow. And this company came in and was just, you know, bringing, like building dealerships from the ground up, buying all the dealerships around here. And I cut his hair for a while. I didn't know who he was. I know he was from Miami. He spoke Italian on the phone. I'm like, I don't know. This guy was coming out in suits. <laughs> and I'm like, and one day he just tells me, hey, man, um, have you seen my, my dealerships? I'm like, which ones? And then, you know, he explained. And he was like, I have a lot of guys that are always complaining they can't get haircuts. What about if we set up a share at the Cadillac dealership and you can clean up all the, um, you know, the sales, sales guys and the people that work there? And I'm like. Sounds good, you know, and I, I read that that book and I was like, OK, Say let's yes. do it. <laughs> Say yes. <laughs> let's do it. Um, so he took me and they had a little break room and it was mostly uh, clutter. You know, people went in there and talked on the phone, maybe had a little microwave. It was a little bit depressing room and I didn't really think I could put two shares there. But um, he said, how about um, I help you out, you know. I'll cover anything electrical plumbing and you just bring your stuff and decorate and bring your equipment. And I ended up doing it and I really kind of fell in love with the space and we ended up putting a little bit of money into it, making it look really good. And when it was done, it was just like, wow, like, and, and at the time appointments were the new thing. So I didn't really need a big lobby. People are waiting around, people booked appointments and just show up to the service department and again it was like out of the box and people would be like hey where's this barbershop you gotta (laughs) park in the dealership go inside and just go to the service department but once they were in inside the shop um they just felt right at home that was so cool you put up a barbershop and a dealership and then you did it in the second one right are you in two different dealerships right now yeah so so the guy loved it i mean all their uh staff was just you know always looking sharp they didn't have this Hey, I could have made an appointment. Mm-hmm. I can't show up. And, you know, it's too late. So he just was buying Cadillac uh, in Pensacola. And Cadillac uh, was doing a, a brand new showroom, a new building, state of the art. And he was, I want to put the barbershop inside the showroom. And I'm like, 
oh no, man, that sounds expensive, you know, yeah. you know, I'm, uh-huh. I'm not trying to stretch too far, you know, and it's a little further from Fort Walton. And uh, he's like, no, I got you, man. And so he started writing the Cadillac, uh, you know, corporate. Because they had to ask permission, right? Barbershop inside of a showroom. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I didn't even think yeah. about that. Yes, yeah. you know, they the little hairs in our cars. Yeah. <laughs> so he finally got the approval. We we kind of, you know, designed it and um, show, you know, did a proposal, mm-hmm. and we set it up. And so now you go to the showroom and you're looking at, you know, Escalades and all the nice cars, and it's right there. So so cool i would never think that but how awesome to walk in if you're gonna buy a car and also if you're getting your car you're getting your car serviced i'm gonna go i need to i'm gonna be here all day anyways i'm gonna get a edge up does the showroom have a service department too well it has a service department in the back and at first we were looking at the i was i was trying to get in the service department because there's a lot more people every day there like traffic is higher yeah, the showroom is, is is nice, and you get serious buyers coming into. Probably you know, look sexier mm-hmm. in there, though. It does, it does. But that barbershop is setting is just so nice. I mean, it looks. I don't know how to explain. It looks like, you know, how they'll do a movie set, mm-hmm. like, and they're filming in a in a room where there's like it's a house or something, and then it, the camera goes back, and it's like, oh, I'm in a warehouse. So <laughs> that's how the barbershop over <laughs> there so feels. Cool. Does Fernando, is his name Fernando? Fernando. Does yeah. he throw in a haircut to people who buy cars? Like so, if you buy this car, I'll get you. Does he do deals with you so, that way? So what they were looking at so much is not really leasing this place because, I mean, they, they you know, they bring in their money so many different ways. With, sure. with, but they were trying to use the barbershop as marketing, right? Sorry. They wanted to invo- kind of create a bond between the locals and the workers and people that work for their company. So in Pensacola, they have Maserati right in front of the Cadillac dealership. So they own both. So all together, they have like 100 employees between the service department and, and the salesman and, you know, loan officers and all that. So it was just um, him kind of like wanting to uh, elevate the, the, the moral kind of like uh, environment in, mm-hmm. the, in the business. Mm-hmm. And um, so... He wanted people also that to be able to break up their time. Like, so you're in the middle of signing papers and getting approved and negotiating, you know, and the clients sometimes get a little impatient, you mm-hmm. know, like with their kids or wife wants to go somewhere else and it's taking long. It would be nice for them to, you know, get a hot towel shave or, you know, a trim up. And um, and it worked out pretty good. Most, most so smart. So they, they the way they... Um, negotiated with me was like listen we really just want you to give our, our employees a discount price and also um if somebody buys a car or um you know then you kind of give them a free service and i'm like okay that sounds really good and you know at first i was like this is the showroom you know how much is this gonna cost me and they're like no nah, just take care of our our people we'll kind of think about that later we just want to provide a a our turn of a service mm-hmm. that um you know that makes because the showroom is real nice real luxury but it also feels kind of like empty so yeah the barbershop brings that you know it's really aesthetically the barbershop is real nice this is it right yeah so this is from oh, the wow. showroom side and then off to this did you do a little staging there for the opening or something yeah that's the grand opening well we actually brought papito bless him he's well very uh famous influencer barber and uh-huh. we did a competition oh that's neat 
Yeah, and step one, uh, sponsor the whole competition. And whoa, that's the barbershop inside. Yeah, that's sexy. Yeah, that guy. That's his, that? that's his brother too with him. That's JC. Oh, that's cool. You that's, guys did a great job. At he that was your space. he was your mannequin growing up doing all the haircuts. Huh? Yes, I learned <laughs> basically learned learned how to cut hair. Look that's, how good this and it ties in similar to the Cadillac feel. You know, it stays on clean. brand. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. that was one of their requirements that the barbershop had to stay within you know mm-hmm. within their looks. So did you find that even though they were asking you to cut deals and sometimes do free haircuts, it was still a lucrative thing for you? Well, yeah. I mean, it's you know we were able to exchange uh, services and um, and it added so much to to their showroom. Um, so yeah, I think I think so far their our relationship is amazing. Um, they just love it. All the employees there utilize the service and. And uh, it looks really good. I, looks I actually so good. looks really good. You I do go, a great job with making your shops look. Yeah, really, you, you like have, it. Yeah, you have a really good vision as a barber. Some, you know, sometimes barber shops can be not so aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. And everything I've seen that David's filmed from you, I'm like, this is such a beautiful space. It's clean. It's simple, but yet there's so mm-hmm. much. Um, what's the word I'm looking there's it's a lot of class it has this feel it's just beautiful you've done you have a good eye for that stuff your chairs are nice I spend so much time you know because I'm a barber as well and I spend so much time there that you know I want to kind of make it nice yeah so good for you and and all my barbershops are a little different I don't know if you notice I mean there's kind of like in the same line but um I kind of adjust to the to the air to where I'm at yeah it's great so like in the dealerships, I kind of had to take ideas from the showroom and kind of incorporate it. This is his Destin one. Oh my God, look at this. Look at the lights on your ceiling. So this is the first one that I found when I oh, found yeah. him. Wow. So I went there. And then what, since I've been there, he moved and expanded in a giant room next door of this also. So on the other side of the wall, he built out this really clean, more white and really? bright look. Well, yeah. let me ask you, David, when you're looking at for a barbershop, are you looking at like a great clips or do you are you looking for something like this when I'm you're Googling? Always, I'm always looking for something like this. How, how important is something like that to stand out for you as a client? Do you, this, are you like, wow, this is legit. I'll pay a little extra money because when I see this, yeah, of mm-hmm. course. And when I see this look, I'm like, all right, it's legit barbershop. Like it's the new modern version of what the old barbershops is like. You go in, it's just like this old white dude who just <laughs> got a barber pole and yeah. he can't do a taper or a fade, nothing mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. First I see the look, then I go and I'll, I'll like dive in and search the barbers and actually like look at their haircuts. Yeah. Like I want to see if they can do it or not. And then. This might sound, this might, oh, go ahead. I was just saying, and then the odds of me going in and then he's cut my hair. I'm like, I love it. Cool. And then I don't know if it was the first or second one. I was like, how long has this place been open? And I didn't even know he was the owner. Oh, and I'm like, oh, I got lucky. The owner's cut my yeah, hair. And yeah. then took off from there. Yeah. We're going to ask. I was just going to say, it's interesting when I would go and get a blowout whenever, this is going to sound terrible. Don't judge me for what I'm about <laughs> to say. That whenever they would give me, you know, like a white girl, I always knew my blowout was just not going to be that great because okay. I have a little bit of ethnic hair. My hair is mm-hmm. not your typical like. Let's just daintily blow it out. You gotta no, put a little bit of grease and work. I need it. I need like a South <laughs> a American or a black girl. I need someone who's going to like get in there with some aggressive and just really pull my hair. And so yeah. I would sit down. So it lasts. So it lasts. It'll last. Because if I, if a, no offense, but if a white girl does my blowout, I step outside, poof, it's yeah. done. It's over. I just, Staticky. yeah. And so some, you know, and I always knew, I always knew. So I love that you have this whole aesthetic to your brand and 
your barbers. I do have a question though. How hard is it for you or what challenges do you see when you start setting up different barbershops in different locations where they want you? Do you run into that? Or how do you how do you separate your clientele from needing Joe from needing Joe to do their how haircut? Did, how, did you, how do you build trust around your other barbers? I guess how did you change from Joe the Barber to yeah. Clark's Barber Lounge yeah. as a brand now? So I had like a little rough patch in the beginning of my business where I couldn't find barbers. And um, I think um, what happened was that I had to start um, kind of like coaching and, and helping the barbers, you know. So I, I kind of went and found some of the barbers. So I kind of replicated what Mr. Bolivar, my mentor, did with me. I was cutting out of my house. And this guy shows up and asked my mom if I can, if I wanted to learn, I could help him. So I saw, you know, I heard a few kids in the area that were like cutting hair out of their house and, and they were going to barber school. And I told them, hey, come over here, I'm, you know. And I, I was like overwhelmingly booked because I've lost a few barbers. So I said, I'm not going to let this deter me. I'm going to find some guys. And it was crazy. I was make, doing like 100 haircuts uh, a week. Plus, I was um, helping the barbers cutting hair. So my clients kind of have a lot of trust in me. And I would tell him, hey, man, I'm going to need you to sit down with this barber today. He's under training, but I'm going to finish your haircut. So he's going to start it. I'm going to look, you know, oversee it. And I'm, before you get out of the chair, I'm going to go over it and, and clean it up. So, and most of these guys were pretty good. You know, they might have lacked a little bit of experience in some areas that needed, you know, help. But I would come in, you know, at the end of the haircut and just, you know, line them up, fix it. So I had like three guys like that. And I think my clients started to trust that everybody I hired was being overseen and mm -hmm. every haircut walking out of the door, I was looking at it. I wear a lot of hats in my business and it was it was kind of overwhelming. But, um, you know, once you're in business and you have all these overheads, you, you just got to figure it out. Yeah, you know? yeah. So some of these barbers uh, became booked out and then I moved on to getting another one. And eventually I had... You know, my, all my shares uh, full and people will, a lot of barbers would come out of town and just call a barbershop first because they just saw on Instagram and Facebook, you know, how many barbers we had and our clientele. So that helped. And, and but it was it, it was interesting. But I think now everybody understands we have a little bit of a, you know, history in, in the local community and our clients are super helpful. They always kind of, you know, vouch for us and refer people and now my clients a lot of my clients have slowly been uh migrating to some of my barbers wow that's great yeah, yeah they've you've built that trust it was really important yeah. right you didn't just say tough go deal with this barber yeah. you oversaw it made sure it was legit yeah it was yeah. very uh personable i always i always took care of it and i had always a group of people like you know my brother and then i had my one of my best friends pablo so I always kept like a small group that was like the core, you know, so, you know, and these guys did excellent work and I can count with them. You know, some of the barbers will come and go, you know, it's, it's they're independent contractors. They feel like they can do better somewhere else or they want to try somewhere else. They so, learn the hard way and come back eventually. Yeah. Some of them, yeah, some of them end up coming back um, and, 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 you know, the barber business, you know, is so independent now everybody wants to be an influencer mm -hmm. and be on youtube cut hair and charge a hundred dollars but you know that you know that's very 
difficult to a lot of people mm-hmm. see just the the good part about it, but they don't know that person, you know, what they went through to get there. <laughs> we dealt with that a lot with Taylor. He would bring in artists and then they would become this envy. People would start seeing, oh, well, you've got this, you've got, I'm going to split off and go do my own yeah. thing. But they didn't realize the business and how much time and effort and energy mm-hmm. we put into the business part of it. So people would split off, they would be lucrative for a month or two, and then they would be gone. I mean, just disappear from yeah. the industry. It and was then, so overwhelming. And back to barbering. Yeah, and back realize, to barbering. Yeah. You go back to what you know. Yeah, a lot of barbers uh, um, are doing the S and P too, and yeah, and I feel like it's 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 you know, and in, in in this area, we tried it. We had S and P with our tattoo artist. He did a few, and they were okay. Mm-hmm. But people would travel to Miami and spend thirty eight hundred over there, and this guy was doing it for six hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and hard. couldn't really get that many people. I'm <laughs> like, six hundred dollars is still a lot of money, and people's mm-hmm. like for permanent work that you yeah. don't know if you've built that trust. You know, the branding yeah. goes a long way. Oh, she yeah. tattooing someone's head. You're like, yeah. damn. Well, yeah. it's funny because uh, David um, told me, hey, so I do videos, like um, maybe we can do something, right? And I'm like, he's like, um, what kind of videos you like? And I pull up one of uh, Taylor's, Taylor's <laughs> videos. And he's like, oh, I kind of do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, I'm the guy behind <laughs> it. Like, I made that video. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Like- I made Taylor, you made the videos. <laughs> <laughs> That was pretty cool, and I encounter that a lot in my mm-hmm. in my in my barbershop. You know, um, my, our clients really, you know, really helped a lot. Helped a lot in either marketing or or branding. You know, it's just we come across so many business owners, and you know, we end up. You know, I have so many clients from you know a certain restaurant, like you know Mimos and and Destin. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've been there. Like mm-hmm. we cut mostly everybody there oh that's so you know, cool and i go places and it's like okay the cook the this guy the yeah. bartenders yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah 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 do you find i know you were saying at one point you wore all the hats and you were very overwhelmed you were doing 100 cuts a day yeah. have, how did you get out oh my yeah. gosh a week. <laughs> yeah. uh, i don't think i will be <laughs> back up a week how I'm did you sleepwalking <laughs> how do you combat the burnout phase you know i think a lot of barbers run into that same mentality yeah how do you how do you get out of that rut? Oh, I was um, that time was real difficult. I was super stressed. So I don't know. Um, that's why I tell sometimes the guys that want to open their own shops. I'm like, okay, man, you know, like we'll talk in a few months, you know. <laughs> yeah. But um, but yeah, I mean, how do you I, get out of it? How do you get I, out of the burnout? What, was, at what point are you like? I've hit a I've hit a ceiling. I can't go. I can't scale anymore. I don't know how to get out of here. You know. Honestly. Not everybody's built to it. I, there was a few times that I, I felt like completely given up. You know, it was um, pretty pretty bad. But you know, you you once you make about, you know, you have you have responsibilities, um, and it's like, damn, it's my name up there. Like, I really just gonna close the doors. Um, but now yeah. we 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 pull out. But it was it was very uh, stressful and I got sick one time. Like just burnout. out. Stress out sick. It, yeah. yeah. And um and I age a lot. I don't know if you've seen the pictures when I first opened, man. I was yeah, I was a stud. It was like I was thirty seven and I was like every year, like and when you have a business, it's just very draining. Yeah. You, you look know? at the president of the United States when they first start their term and when they leave office and you think, Woof, yeah. stress is a big deal for people. Yeah. You know, it's very it's intense. And dealing with people, you know, you have I don't know, this is probably the worst part of being a barbershop owner. It's that everybody's so interesting. They have their own personality. Everybody has different needs. And they, like, fight, you know, between each other. Or some of them, like, in a bad mood. And 
they, you know, they, you see them every day and then you have to balance it out. And somebody comes and complains and say, man, I'm sick of this guy talking the same stuff and next to me and I'm just bored and move me to the other chair. And you know, I have to like, kind of like, you know, like a father kind of be like, Hey man, you need to calm down and just do your job and don't pay attention. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, a lot of needs and you have to balance it out. That's, that's the toughest. You gotta yeah, so, create the environment. And there you gotta like set it. Oh yeah. You feel like once you brought on people, now you're managing people. Like your your stresses and your things just change as the business, right? Things you probably didn't even think about as a business owner. And it's hard when you work with friends and family too, sure. because yeah. um, they expect so much from you. They they have you know they expect them to have a little bit more lead because they've been with you. They open the shop with you, mm-hmm. and yeah, you have to put all that to you know consider all that. But at the same time, it's like man, like we're growing, this is a business. You have to kind of own up to your, to your responsibility and, yeah. you know, not, you know, you got to do the towels, man. I do them too. I'm the owner. <laughs> Talk to me about this guy right here. Cause you were saying he was your mentor. He is your mentor. Yeah. How'd you find From, him? You met him back in Puerto Rico. Yeah. So talk about how it started there and where you are today. Look at that face. He's so, he just, I want to be his friend. He is he the seems friendliest so guy. He's so nice. Like he's, that genuine smile. He's the one who brings in the coffee. Does he? Early. He yeah. just looks like so Like gym wonderful. members will walk into the barber shop with their little cups, like ready for some. Are you serious? <laughs> there's he's like adorable. a line. Whenever he brings the coffee, there's like a little line. Hey. Does he bring he brings like, like a the, thermos of cafecito type oh, things. And, let me know. I'll come yeah. by. I'll like, give me a fade. And he has a bunch of little <laughs> tiny silver cups this big <laughs> and he just sorry. hands them to each person. Yeah. I love him. He has the the Dominican roast. His his wife does it like, you know, does, legit. Coffee. She does the entire process every morning, oh. and um, and it's really strong. I That's mean, amazing. You take two and you feel your, you know, your heart raise. Like, <laughs> <laughs> who needs Adderall these days? Yeah. Just get some Cuban coffee. So oh. Bolivar, or Puerto Rican, Dominican, Dominican, roast. Dominican roast. Sorry, yeah, sorry. Look, he's so handsome. Bolivar is the most interest, interesting guy that I've met growing up. Um, he was a, sorry, bless you. Sorry, sorry, I can't be trusted. He's the most interesting man in the world. <laughs> yeah, he's very, uh, Bolivar, uh, when I was growing up, he was the guy. Mm-hmm. So he had just moved from New York, opened up a small barbershop in the area, and he basically um, brought the New York swag that at the time of Puerto Rico was kind of like, you know, the hip hop, urban, the, you know, the flat tops, the fades. And not a lot of people, a lot of people was, starting to do it but he was already master in it so this was the mid-90s and i used to go to his barbershop and wait for hours and i used to like tie my shoes and try to see how he was doing it because nice i was cutting hair at my house and i wanted to kind of like imitate what he was doing and he would just turn around like i'm like i can't see you know <laughs> <laughs> and um he's real fast but he is just the most um He's always been really nice and he loved his job, you can tell. And um, the barbershop, people used to go there, even if they had a haircut, just to come by and talk to their friends. And you know, he, he does amazing pictures. Yeah, he's, he really, he's very bro, photogenic. He has the, <laughs> look at that photo. <gasps> wow, that's a great shot. Yeah. He's amazing. You can tell he's just this gentle, powerful being. Look how intense. Yeah, he's wow. very spiritual yeah, um, and he believes cool. in. And um, you know, good work energy. He'll go to he'll go above and beyond to help you out if he can. Yeah. You know, so we should, started, on, we should get him on the podcast. Yeah. You think he would do a podcast? Yeah, yeah. We so, should have you both on next time. So too. you uh, 
mentored by him and then you open your own thing and how'd you bring him in with you so i i left i kind of lost track and didn't know where he was um you know he kind of disappeared for a minute i know he was in atlanta but i could have never get a hold of him and so out of all the people that worked in his barbershop in the 90s um they I, i'm gonna say at least the ones that work with me they all have hair salons and barbershops so you have Joey Nieves. He's currently Ricky Martin's like, uh, um, you know, hairstylist, a personal guy, personal guy, and he does Pharrell. He's out there in LA. He has a barbershop called Gray Matter. So I used to talk to him. You see him Bolivar. He's like, no man, I'm trying to find him. Then there's Mikey. He's in Miami. He has two hair salons, and uh, he's real popular down there. He does a lot of celebrities. Um, his kids have barbershops. So, but I couldn't find him. He's not on social media, guys. So it's not like I can go on Facebook and type in <laughs> yeah. his name. And um, and then he called me one day. I saw a picture of one of the barbers with him, and I called him. He said, I got his number, and he was in, in Hollywood, Miami, uh, Florida, and I got in touch with him. He's cutting hair with his son over there. And I'm like, wow, I'm opening these shops. I would love to have you over here. And... um. He was like, well, I'm, you know, I'm kind of good. I'm with, my son has a, a universal barbershop, I think it's called, and he was doing very well. But I didn't know a lot of things because he was missing for a little bit. So, you know, talking to him, um, I found out that he had gone through, like, really bad health uh, issue and he couldn't walk or or cut hair for, like, two or three years. Wow, it must have been really hard. And, um, you know... I won't get too many into details, but he thought he was going to die. Sure. And his family was really, um, you know, kind of taking care of him in the Dominican Republic. And he had just bounced back and he was in Miami with his son. And um, but one day he calls me and say, hey, you know what? This barbershop is kind of crazy. I'm in Hollywood and it's yeah. a lot of Latino Dominicans and it's mm -hmm. like loud music. And I see that your barbershops are a little bit more, you know, um, you know, not that many walk-ins, appointments. And I just, he loves working. And he wanted to be in a, like, a little bit, you know, chill place. And I told him, hey, you're, you're welcome to come over here. I'll be glad to have you. It'll be an honor. And, um, oh, man, I, I seen him, you know, like a month later. He just arrived. And it was wow. right after COVID. <laughs> yeah. Like seeing a celebrity, huh? Yeah. yeah. And, he, and he launched that Destin location with you, huh? Basically, um, he's been at, basically he's been helping me at all the shops. He started at the main shop and I, that shop was in the construction. And as soon as we opened, you know, he went and looked at it. And the thing is with um, Bolivar that he's done very well for himself. He's such a simple guy. He lives with so little. and But he's built an amazing uh, state in Dominican Republic. And so right now he's over there. He does Christmas and, and New Year's Eve's over there and um so basically uh he'll be back uh i think before january is over he'll be back yeah what's the one piece of information that he's given you that you think this was gold well um he did he loved what i did with the bar so it's like him seeing all this his his um how do you call his students doing progress right and you gotta feel really really i'm sure he's proud you know he's told sure. me a few times but he sees uh, Joey having a brand in, in L.A., Mikey in Miami, his son. So everybody that kind of branched out off of him. Um, so I don't think he gets too much credit. I always tell him, you know, but he's like, he doesn't care. He's Everything like, he touches turns to gold and he yeah. doesn't know it. 
Yeah. Is there something he said to you along the way in your career that just sticks with you that you think this is this is this has changed the trajectory of your career? Well, what he told me was like he's always kept he's super cool guy, like the way he walks and handles himself, but he's really humble, you know. But he always told me all these barbers now think they're superstars, right? Mm-hmm. It's just a normal job, man. You wake up, you take care of people. Um, they have needs and you got to be available and you have to be consistent and, you know, make a living, you know, money will come, you know, but, um, so he, he, he's mm-hmm. like, these guys now, they want to start cutting hair and charge a hundred dollars and they only been in the business for two, two months and they haven't built a reputation or, or, you know, or retain clients enough to that, you know, get that busy where you can charge that. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I like, it. it's just nice to work with him, you know? It's very nice. It's, it's, it, me started with him when I was 17. When I'm working with him now, it's just flawless. Clients are in the chair. They're conversating. We're doing our haircuts. They leave. I mean, it makes our day, like, so quick. And so home. it feels like home, you know? You guys have, like, a choreographed dance in there, huh? Yeah. It just flows. and it just flows Yeah, really it's good. nice. It's nice it's to have really that energy in the shop, too. Because mm-hmm. yeah. some shops you can walk in and it's real rigid. and It's really important you know. to have a good vibe. Mm-hmm. So these shops being small, you know, they're, like, all my satellite shops are, like, two chairs. Yeah, like the Destin room that I went into. It's probably the size of this room. Yeah. It's awesome. just got the so intimate and all that. And mm-hmm. it's just two chairs, but it's cool. As we saw, the vibe is yeah. good. Yeah, you can feel it by looking at the pictures. Yeah, I took away. So I think after COVID, people were a little also scared that being around a lot of people and, you know, so the, the intimate part of being in a in a room maybe with another person it was a little bit more intimate. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the barbershop, I like the, the old school barbershop where everybody's talking sports. They don't talk about politics no more, but, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's still open talk because people men go there and they can vent a little bit talk about the things they want you know they might not be able to hang out too much in mm-hmm. bars like before <laughs> so the barbershop is like yeah. that little time social yeah. hour yeah <laughs> gossip hour for the boys That's right get the hot goss <laughs> i know y'all think the girls are the ones who gossip no offense but you guys you know you guys need a space for that too That's right. it's fair you're allowed yeah mm-hmm. guys i think guys need that i think i think i have i have so many head shaves and beer trims. And I'm like, bro, you can't do this at the house. Or like, no. <laughs> Social <man. laughs> hour. Yeah. I need to come in and get yeah. the, the hot lather and shave. I love and- that. That's so cool. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> what, do you have any advice for barbers that are maybe looking to scale? Like maybe they own a shop like you did and they want they're to capped expand out. a little yeah. or what, they feel like they're stuck. What kind of advice could you give them? Well, I think uh, there's always been kind of um, – big competition between local barbers, you know? And I always tell them, do you think Sport Clips is over there talking about us, man? They, they don't, don't know care. you exist. It's a different clientele. <laughs> they don't care. But no, it's just, more, uh, it's very competitive. And I think because barbers are independent contractors, they always feel like, you know, it's, it's they don't unite, you know? I tell my, most of my barbers make anywhere from sixty to $100,000, right? This is a, that's a good income for, you know, a labor job that you can manage your hours you can do your taxes your independent contractor some barbers a little bit more put in a little bit more time so they're able to you know get to those mm-hmm. to those earnings a year um but if everybody kind of worked on a on, the, on their own brand and get together i mean 
they would be a lot more successful. These these corporations, sport clips and supercuts, are racking it so much money, and the haircuts are not, you know, they're not the best, but they're consistent. There's a brand, mm-hmm. and people know that they can go there, you know. And I tell them like, man, we're over here arguing which barbershop is better, but sport clips is in LA, it's in Texas, it's mm-hmm. Miami. So, you know. They're just getting that two on the side, five on top, <laughs> squared off. Yeah. Simple. Yeah. So you're saying quit quit focusing on putting other barbershops down. Just focus on building your brand. Yeah. I think it's just what you offer. You know, uh, there's gonna be, you know, you obviously like our restaurants, some of them a little bit better than other, but you don't always go to for example, McGuire's or Roof Chris. Like you, mm-hmm. sometimes you just want a different vibe, a different service, and mm-hmm. food's good everywhere. So, uh, I'd say you know, if a client of us comes to us, we do our best, and the service has to be on point, and also the experience. And if they try other barbershops and they come back, that's kind of like a compliment, you know. Yes. You know, sometimes it's convenient. Some they're going somewhere closer, mm-hmm. and they they're in a hurry, so they gotta they need a quick trim you know mm-hmm. i have a, one of my clients say joe every time i is i'm going to a wedding i'm going out if they ask me i say i go to your shop but i have a landscaping company and i'm always wearing a hat so most of the times i just hit the local you know places and get a little trim but i don't say i go there <laughs> you know it's like <laughs> so i'm like okay tell them you know? how do you handle negative feedback or if you have a customer that's complaining or what do you do we do have i mean it's hard to face everybody you know we 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 have people not like in our booking app, um, people will leave reviews because we can't take care. I had a guy that came in and was like, I want a haircut. And everybody was booked and there was a barber kind of waiting for their next appointment and he wanted to get in the chair right there. And he went into the parking lot and left the bad review. And I'm like, oh my God, like, you know, like we would love to take you, but we have somebody walking in the next three minutes. He's probably in the parking lot, you know? Yeah. But they didn't understand our, our business. But we try our best. I mean, I, I try to, you know, we have 400, almost 500 uh, reviews uh, last time I looked in, in our headquarters. And we have some bad reviews. I mean, sometimes barbers get behind. Sometimes uh, they can't communicate with the client. And they want, they show a picture of Brad Pitt. It's like, you got black hair. You have, you know, it's a whole different yeah. texture. Mm-hmm. Like, you're way uglier. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can't give you that face, man. Yeah. yeah. That's Brad Pitt. Yeah. Do you respond to your negative comments or do I you do. just ignore them? No, um, some of them. I mm-hmm. try to respond, you know. Uh, a lot of times, most of ours is because we're kind of hold up to high standard when it comes to our appointments. So people will drive, let's say, from the bar, or from mm-hmm. Destin. They're going to Fort Walton Beach. And then when they get there, the barber's behind. They booked an appointment at 3 o'clock. 15 minutes later, they're still not in the chair and they made it, might have done an appointment somewhere else. So that could be a little difficult. We're all humans, so things happen. You know, barbers need to use the restroom. They have to eat, you know, sometimes they forget to block their time. So they mm-hmm. have to do it in between a client. So, you know, that's mostly, you know, people are, you know, now they're like, they want what they want at the time they want. They can get really, really weird about it mm-hmm. but you know we try our best we're pretty much on time you know there's like a 10 or 15 minutes i tell every client it's like listen you know there's a little buffer time in between things can get you know a little weird here in the shop but that's mostly what i encounter is just time now people's real focus on maximizing 
being productive, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I've been in the phone and their wives are calling, where are you at? He's like, I'm getting a haircut. You're not at the barbershop. It's been, you know, an hour and a half. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. It's okay. You got, don't worry you got the crazy, uh, well, crazy well, wives. Well, who knows? It's all right. Just the metal it. plate. Yeah, don't worry about it. Okay, the part. Yeah, yeah. it's fine. Um, that thing is, it always well, comes off. Um, I usually sit in that chair and I have the same product. He okay. gets, he's like, oh, my God. But that, for some reason, this one makes the most noise. I don't know Maybe why. Maybe because the cable's on this side. Oh, yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> it, came, it was coming out of there until you pulled oh, it Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but still, it's where the hand is. Like, if you put your hand on yeah. you, you, I'm the same way. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> but to your point he was telling me probably months ago he created a new system where there's a little more 15 minute window so uh-huh. i think you fall into this where barbers are like turn and burn it's like you know he doesn't want those barbers to look at his customers as numbers he's like you need to give them that time during yeah. that window mm-hmm. so he like buffered a little 15 minute window and i'm sure barbers were probably a little pushback because they're like man i can get three more haircuts done in a day uh, but it's like, I, had a, I had a barber that left that he was like because he's pretty quick yeah but the thing is at the gym or at the dealerships like uh there's not a lot of waiting area so if the let's say the client comes in five ten minutes behind because they're looking for the place it took him a while to park and mm-hmm. so he's already five ten minutes into his 30 minutes and then he has to do a 20 minute haircut. He kind of like takes a little bit of time with the next person coming in. So you have a little people overlap in there. Sure. So I just added 15 minutes um, within the service for that. So if you get behind or a lot of times clients, uh, they want uh, an add on, you know, they book the haircut because they don't know how good it's going to be. And then they see their barber just, you know, doing an amazing haircut. Like, hey, I get my eyebrow Can I get my beard. So you don't have the time really to add the service because you're on the 30 minute. Mm-hmm. So having that extra time helps. And ah. it's, it's an upsell too. There you go. The That's the way to combat the barbers who get upset. Well, upsell. Yeah. If you want more money, make more money. Push yeah. push another service. Exactly. Yeah. So, so you got to go. sell yourself. You know. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Yeah. Smart. You're so smart. Yeah. Try. <laughs> I do have a question. Yeah. Are you willing to talk about where you've started and where you are now numbers wise? Just to kind of give some barbers some motivation. Yeah, we um, well, sort of, you know, the the barbershop, the way I see it is because I love what I did and I wanted to just have a good income and and at some point have a little freedom, you know. I want to manage and, and open more shops, but it started, you know, um, with all this barbershop this year, we we nearly hit a million dollars. Oh, we're really close to and gross sales. Can know? we celebrate that for a second? That's yeah. yeah. A million from $500 to a million dollars. Yeah. That's a big jump. Yeah. Well, we pay, we pay our barbers very well. Their, their percentages mm-hmm. are really high and we have a lot of expenses in order to create that. But just the fact that we have, you know, all together now we have about 15 or 16 barbers. Cool. That's kind of big because just to keep like all these guys, all these barbers have they're artists right so in order to get all these guys together working on their one umbrella and and not wanting to do their thing you know separately yeah that is a big accomplishment accomplishment you know i'd say so talk to people to wearing your brand instead of being like you know joe the barber it's like no you're, we're all clark's barber lounge we're together you've created a whole environment a culture oh, yeah. a work culture yeah and the thing is you know is how is it that what is it that the brand actually provides because a lot of people a lot of the barbers are like you know what so, you know, I'm leaving so much money behind, you know, but what is it, what are they doing with that money, you know? So, um, you know, marketing is, is, goes a long way. It's pretty expensive nowadays and it's a lot of work hours, you know? And 
they don't see that, you know, because they say, well, I'll post on my story and I'll post here and there. But, you know, you have to, you know, monetize those ads and and, and for everybody to see mm -hmm. it, not you're just your clients, you know. So, you know, I think once they go and they have all those separate expenses and they're cutting hair and doing all the things, they kind of realize just like I did, wow, man, this is this is the... Uh, a lot of times I'm almost a slave of my business you know mm -hmm. yep so we do a lot of that for them and um i think some of them that left and end up coming back say it's worth it you know if you individualize and every expense you have you got a booth rent you know usually barbers want a booth rent we do percentage they do a booth rent and then they have to pay booksy or squire booking app and promote themselves a lot more than they already probably should yeah that's a, an extra hundred dollars a month and then you have marketing and you have to buy your all your stuff and you know mm -hmm. so they realize you know what you know i can make good money and i can go home while jose has to go home and 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 start checking their yeah. emails and yeah. doing all this other stuff you know they're already you know you can't shut sight. it off. I can't shut it yeah. off. You go to sleep with it at night. Have you run into that where like you'll have a barber that's worked for you and they're like wearing their own like branded logo or something? And you're like, you know, you know what? I'm not really I used to kind of like think, you know, now I just let people, you know, everybody has yeah. their own, uh, you know, name brand on their Instagram. I let them also be, you know their self they mm -hmm. everybody attracts a certain clientele of course and their personality might be more you know you know people relate more to certain people they've got barbers that talk about sports all the time you got yeah you know other people that don't necessarily you know vibe with the barber so they mm -hmm. move on what's cool about your spot is it's like that a lot of diversity you know you got derek keith mm -hmm. Was it Pablo? Like yeah. everyone, there's a different vibe in each guy oh, yeah. and the look you like. So it's really dope. Do yeah. you ever battle barbers that take side jobs? Do you allow them to take their own gigs on the side outside in, of the shop? They're independent contractors. So okay. yeah, my brother's a realtor, you know, and, uh, but like barber, but like, like house calls. Like, or yeah. Do you, do you frown upon that? If a guy is like, Hey, I'm going to take my own bookings outside of the shop. Oh uh, no, we have actually scheduled, uh, people calling for, uh, you know, house calls for barbers and if they have a client and they want to go cut their hair. But I think they, they're, I mean, their books are so full throughout the week. They don't want, I mean, I mean, unless they, you know, it's a favor. I don't think they care too much to do those. I mean, some barbers do. You got like in Miami and big cities, like that's kind of like a thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They hijack of, clients. Yeah. We do that. Like, especially COVID, all the barber shops, if they got shut down for those like four weeks, all oh, those yeah. people charging 50 at the shop were charging 100 for house calls. Oh, yeah. Like Majestic would come over and cut your hair. And mm -hmm. it, that was it was so awesome. Yeah. You know, it's good to have that. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I mean, if, if, if people feel more comfortable at their house, you know, and they want to pay. But it's like, you know, you kind of have to I tell people uh, there's been a big debate online where barbers are crazy. They're charging two hundred dollars. But, you know, that just to drive. And then come back and set up and the mm -hmm. time is you lost the whole day. Exactly. So, uh, That's why you got that mobile barber van instead. Yeah. You do, yeah. you have a mar you no, have a I don't, but I want to. <gasps> After being in our van, it. he was looking at you it. You should talk about it. Yeah. That yeah. might be a cool thing for the yeah. area. I was thinking maybe go to events. You should create an app where like you can order an at home barber. But yep. like you said, the setup cost is probably too much, but a set up to order a barber to your house and they just pull the van in the driveway. Yeah. Do you and your lick can you have a liquor license in a van like that? I wonder. Well you're not well though you can always um you can do a complimentary 
drink. You know, yeah, that's where they get rid of it. Or um, get away with it as a complimentary. Is yeah. that what you do in the barber shops? Yeah. So yeah. you don't have to have a liquor. So you have a for. limit of how much you can pour, yeah. right? Yeah. So you it's like a one, shot for a person. You get one ounce and then, you know, beer or two, I think is the, the limit. Yeah. But you want to make sure, like we have our bar, but we want to make sure... They're not walking out with a, you know, with a beard to go drive or something <laughs> right, like that. Or right. just, you know, I'm going to take three of these for the road. Like, whoa, whoa, no, no. So that's that's another thing. You know, you have to have a, I have a separate insurance for yeah. that, at, at, at least at the headquarters, because I don't think a lot of people want to drink beer at the gym. You know, oh, right. <laughs> I didn't think about that. Yeah, or yeah. at the dealership. Protein but, shakes at yeah. the gym. Yeah. yeah. So at the, at the lounge, which is a little bigger space and people hang out, we have a nice little setup and, uh, you know, we don't try, we don't promote it. But people want to, you know, knock the edge a little bit and relax. And, mm -hmm. you know, women do all the time. They get a glass of wine from sangria or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But talk about that. Uh, you d you also are offering women's hair stuff, Wait a right? second. What? Yeah. Let's talk about it. I hear your well, girlfriend. Oh, sorry. I can't be trusted. Just keep your hands to yourself. They are. They're in my lap. <laughs> You're holding them. I'm holding mine. <laughs> I try. I'm like, I sit on my hands sometimes. David's like, stop making noise. Fine. So, um. So, yeah, so we've always had the hairstylist uh, since we started. I don't know if you noticed on my logo in the in the bottom, it says for man and woman, yeah. which I've been thinking about taking it off because all this. The gender neutrality. Yeah, yeah. For everybody. For everybody. <laughs> for y'all. Yeah. For, uh, for every one of you. For whatever you for, think you are. For y'all and your kitty, whatever. Yeah, you exactly. want to be a cat, be a cat. So, um, no, so we had hairstylists. Even at the beginning of my shop, we had some hairstylists and um as we went on, most of the hairstylists now are, are, you know, learning how to do men's hair or perfecting it, you know, because they've always cut men's hair. They're just not really good with the straight razor and the tapers and fades. So, um, so yeah, we added some hairstylists and my girlfriend, she's a hairstylist and um, she cuts men's hair, but she kind of stays away from the skin fades and mm -hmm. stuff like that. But um, yeah, we set up a complete little room side to side that way. There's, she has some privacy, you know, because yeah, it's a little <laughs> awkward. Vibe. You know, a lot of females that go with their husbands to the barbershop, they like it. They're yeah. always looking around. It's very it's masculine. Pretty. Yeah, I like you know. it. You did a good job. But I think, you know, once they're spending, uh, you know, three or four hours in the chair, you know, it could be a little weird. And then they have all the foils yeah. and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So I think the younger chicks don't really mind that much, but. Some of the, the ladies are be like, oh, yeah, especially if they're doing that like six hour treatment stuff where oh. women are in the chair all day. I can. Yeah. And we want to gossip just like you guys. We yeah. want to talk. So. Here. So, yeah. What what if they want to reach out to is your girlfriend separate or just through Clark's? You book it all you the can same? Book, uh, you can book through Squire. She has all her services awesome. there. Does she do blowouts? Yeah. What? She does color. She does blogs, everything. She's, she's pretty good. And she does it in Destin, too? Well, she's on both. She She's on our Destin. Oh, cool. Um app too but she's been staying busier in fort walton mm -hmm. but it's a little bit more comfortable because i we redecorated a room for her and it's very kind of organic white plants and yeah. stuff like yeah, that yeah 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 and we have a little <laughs> outside patio and um it just feels comfortable yeah. we turn it that used to be i used to have a tattoo shop there and then not so long before i don't think you saw it or i had the red light therapy in there oh really yeah, I had like, you know, I did, you know, we have all this space there and we were trying to, you know, capitalize on it. Mm -hmm. And, but now, hey, she brings some money too. Yeah. Does she do the eyebrow laminations? No. Have you heard of that yet? No, but she's been looking at, you know, advancing mm -hmm. her stuff. There's so many, yeah. you know, 
things that hairstylists or or statisticians are doing that you know are real mm -hmm. real popular now. Mm -hmm. You could look. She her needs up. models. What's she on like know. bombshell something? What's her? Yeah, bombshell beauty. Yeah, yeah I'll check her out. Her That's on great. Instagram. Yeah, I would love that. I just haven't found anybody here. Not because they don't exist. I think we just travel so much yeah. for work that when we're here, we're playing catch up. Yeah. And we haven't had a chance to explore who oh, the yeah. businesses are here. Yeah. That's our goal. So you gotta get out and meet people. And I know. Being a barber, you get to meet everybody because they come to you and they sit come in to chair. you. Yeah. I know. But what do you do? Oh, you on that place? Cool. Yeah. What do you feel has been the most important part of your business? If you had to say sales, marketing word of mouth, you know, I, what, what do you think is the key point? I think our brand exploded our barbershops in this area. And I mean, there's also some good barbershops. I don't like, I mean, I don't want to boost, but I think, I think our brand is, uh, has a lot of recognition. It's for stepping out of the box, you know, taking the risk of doing a barbershop in a dealership, in a showroom, in a gym. That kind of like brought like, man, this guy is really like spreading out and his barbers are with him. There's a you know tight community. Um, and I think that's helped a lot. And and honestly, Squire has made it so much easier for us, you mm -hmm. know. So they, taking a risk and saying yes to things. Yeah. Squire is um, you know, I, I have good communication with one of the main guys. And they have so many options. I mean, Squire now, you know, they 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 go above and beyond for you to uh, expand and open more businesses. And um, they have a lot of options for, for once you're like, you know, pretty stable with them and they see your numbers and your POS, then they're like, come on, let's, you know, what mm -hmm. you want to do? Like, we're, we're here. So, yeah, we're looking for other spots right now. I mean, we, my dream was to open um, like four or five shops within 30A and Destin. Mm-hmm. And um, so we're still, you know, we're still, we have options. We're looking at other places um, throughout 98 all the way to 30A. And my thing was, instead of doing one barbershop with 10 chairs, like I have in Fort Walton, I wanted to kind of have like this satellite shops, you know, on 98 all the yeah. way to Destin. Instead of two shops it. with 10 chairs, <laughs> 10 shops with two chairs each type yeah. thing. I love that. Yeah. Those, those, those work out. And plus... You get two barbers that get along together and they're so booked because there's only two and then they're covering that area alone, you know. Yeah, we'll talk about your guys at the dealership. Like they he's got these two guys that are like homies and they run the whole place and it's like perfect. Well yeah. One of the things that one of my that guy Fernando told me is you want you're an entrepreneur, but you're a slave, you know, he was like, You work at your shops. I actually like cutting hair, so mm -hmm. So I was like, man, how do I stop cutting hair? He said, well, if your business is not running by itself, you're not an entrepreneur. It's like, what? Like, oh, doesn't that sting? Yeah, I, like, I hate yeah. that. But it, the more important you are to your business, the less valuable the business is. Yeah, and like if the system this. runs itself, it's worth something. But if yeah. you need to be there, it's worth less. So, but the thing is that I Yours love one runs without you. You just like to be there. Yeah. I, I, it's a habit. I got to, I love it. You know, I just feel this responsibility to towards my clients because well, your name's on it yeah well and 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 we figure out so many ways in the barber industry that that one day maybe you know i i tell all my barbers but i wish they knew like our clients basically help open these locations mm -hmm. you know i came up with a membership package and i wanted i had some funds to put aside but you know you always go over budget always so i was thinking there um 
and some of my clients are actually my advisors, like their accountants, like people that know about business. And he was like, hey, how can I help? And I'm like, I don't know. I really don't want to bring anybody involved. You know, I want to do this by myself. And um, and I was like, well, you know, maybe get a loan or whatever. He's like, why don't you just ask, like tell people you have a one-year membership and it's 1500 and I won't mind paying. I was like, yeah, that, that could be thing. And that, so I wrote, sat down with my girlfriend. We wrote it down. We sent an email and I, and I, um, raised $15,000. I had 10 clients buy your package, buy my package. So, you know, I had to cut the hair for a whole year, yeah. but I invested the money Good and, for you. And, and opened the, the barbershop in Destin. Yeah. Smart. So there's a lot of ways, you know, your clients just contribute so much either with marketing videos, I mean, uh, mm -hmm. um, advice, you know, mm -hmm. my accountant is like one of my good friends, you know, he's always giving me good advice, helping we need, me. We need his information. We need yeah. Matt Turpin. Talk he's <laughs> when he, uh, you know, as you're talking, I can't help it. I go into this marketing brain space, but I really want to help you scale your business in the marketing side. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. You have everything. So that was one thing you were talking about is the brand is really important. But without marketing, you're just a brand, yeah. right? You have to market it so people know you're there, that you have to expose it. Mm -hmm. Because what you're sitting on is a gold mine. I mean, a million dollars is a huge, huge like applause for you. Yeah, but let's make it 10 million next year. Yeah. You know what I mean? Be great. And so David keeps telling me, you've got to meet Joe. You've got to meet Joe. Like you're going to love you it. Clark, actually. Sometimes okay. I do call you. And as I was saying, your name was like, don't say Clark. <laughs> but there are, there are ways to just really blow your shit up and yeah. I and it's inspiring to hear you talk about it mm -hmm. I want to help and if there's anything you need you're a wonderful person I can tell just by you talking like you're genuine you're humble you. you have the right mindset you're an ideal client yeah and so I want to help I'm all know. in I mean that's one of the things that I've been more open to it because you know being a small business owner like you're always like man I'm paying this and that you know mm -hmm. like you want to cut expenses but I've taken many many you know, many risk and they, they've been, you know, so far it's helped a lot, mm -hmm. you know, and you got to step out of the box and you have, if you want to make money, you got to put money in. Yes. That's so just, true. So true. How it is. And I tell clients too, that with marketing, yes, so many people have bad tastes in their mouth because they spend all this money and nothing works. Yeah. Your marketing should work. If yeah. you're not making your money back, something's not right. And so we have to readjust and look at it. And a, a good marketing person will say, okay, let's go to the drawing board. What, what's yeah. not working here? Cause you should be making that money back. Oh, yeah. And I remember during COVID how you just said, double down, you know, don't that mm -hmm. like, you've got to put money back into your brand during COVID. Nobody came into the shop for Taylor for S and P. We're like, what do we do? The books just started dropping. Cause most of wow. his clients flew out from out of state. And I, and he, I was like, now's our time to double down because where was everybody on COVID? On their phone right here. Yeah. Capture them. This is the yeah. most, the best money you're ever going to spend yeah. is on ads on your phone right yeah, now. Exactly. Cause everybody's right here. And we just, we doubled down and blew up and he just started booking. And we were like, once this settles, we'll, we'll honor this rate. Yeah. We had our best year during COVID when mm -hmm. everything was shut down. Yeah. I mean, that guy. No, we cleared. didn't work during COVID. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> People walk yeah, in the yeah. streets, the windows are tinted. They're like, no one's in there. We're yeah, like yeah. quiet as they're like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we started like, we, we made it work. And yeah. so I think, and we were trying to tell our business, our business clients too, like, don't, don't cut your marketing. This is the chance to really go all in. Yeah. And the people that trusted and listened to that, yeah. they had the best years of their career. Mm -hmm. And oh, I'm yeah. sure you can relate. I mean, I don't know how it was here because we weren't living here, but did well, you no, run into stuff? This, this area right after COVID was probably the best right? time ever. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, we were shut down for 
for two months, mm-hmm. and everybody Mark, wanted to get out after that. What did oh you do God. when they shut down? Did you we, did you panic or? Well, I was still, you know, I was still taking care of some of my close friends. Yeah. You know, they would come home and give them a haircut and stuff like that. But we try to stay. We did a lot of remodeling, remodeling while COVID. Mm-hmm. So we were working. We were working on building the barbershop in the in in the gym, um, and that was cool because you know contractors and stuff. They you know they were about themselves doing you know mm-hmm. sheer rock and doing the floors, and then um and then we were repainting. We kind of switched our old color from Clark's to to blue, and we went we painted like three times different colors, and it was just like oh, that's not right. It, but we had the time before that. We didn't know how to stop operations and mm-hmm. work on the shop. Like it was so busy, you know. Sundays was cleaning days. Like what can we do? So we had the time, and um, so we fix up that barbershop we were building the other shop all the all the barbershops the one in um Fort Walton the Cadillac they both got little you know makeovers so when we opened so a, a lot of my my girlfriend was like you're spending all this money and you don't know when they're gonna open and I'm like we need to do we need to put money back into the business right Good now and then we um you know we started doing marketing really heavily and Squire has this um email and text message thing and mm-hmm. we were just sending you know cool little inspiring messages letting them know that you know we you know we you know can't wait to see you guys and get back and we did like uh 50 off the first month after covid mm-hmm. and our books just went completely crazy yeah. you give people a deal and they all just come running yeah 50% and you also off. it sounds like you made it about the customer not about you and yeah. a lot of businesses miss that. We knew know? we knew that people were going through a tough time, you know, mm-hmm. like it's just, you know, and haircuts is, a, you know, you know, it's important, you know, you get back in the work field and, and feeling good about yourself after being locked up, basically. <laughs> we're all in prison. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, Everyone oh. shows up and they've got beards and long hair and they're like, fix me. You're like, yeah. I have dreadlocks. You become, what's the guy from with the ball? Castaway. Yeah, like, what's his name? Tom Hanks. Yeah, Something. but what's his name in the movie? Do you remember? Uh, no. Oh, I can't think of his name. I remember but he yeah. named the volleyball Wilson. Wilson. <laughs> but I don't know what Wilson. Tom Hanks' name was. I can't remember his name either. Okay, yeah. we digress. We'll think about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everybody comes in like him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd love to talk more about this mobile oh, mobile yeah. van app, maybe off camera. Yeah. And then, and then we'll let everybody know when it's launched. Yeah. yeah. You'll yeah. see a big Clark's van rolling down the yeah. street. Yeah, it's great. It's a good tax write-off if it's over a certain weight, yeah. too. It's girly. Yeah. Plus... Plus the visibility going up mm-hmm. and down. I think that driving that alone. the billboard to work every day. But, you know, people come here to vacation. It's a vacation spot and everyone's going to get drunk and party. And uh, so if you go to them you and you make it. Yeah. And stuff. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, so there's so many, you know, events here, mm-hmm. you know, good causes that you can show up and mm-hmm. you get all mm-hmm. the locals and people involved. and Show up to that hamburger what do they do? The what? burger, the burger event. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like all type of festivals. Yeah. Pull and stuff. up. They have a lot of festivals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is brought to you by Clark's Barber Lounge. Yeah. Yeah. On the way do. out, guys, swing by the parking lot. Clark's <laughs> Barber Lounge is waiting for you. And some of the barber conventions, the, I've saw, I saw a barber pull up in a van, or he had a they picture. They put him in the convention center. Yeah, they put the van in there. Drive him in. Uh-huh. But he was a custom I can van see builder. I can see mm-hmm. the the mobile shop in front of a nice beach here in yeah. Destin, you know, just get, get your hair cut. And then when things blow up, you got like six of them driving around town. Yeah. I know. <laughs> it, it has, I haven't seen them out here as much. No, I've seen a few in Miami. I mean, uh-huh. big cities are real popular, mm-hmm. you know, but I haven't seen, I, I think there was one somewhere in Panama City, but I haven't seen much of it. But I think, um, you know, I think mobile barbershops, 
the cool thing about it is they can't, you know, you can take it anywhere you want. Mm-hmm. You know, and they won't, you know, kick you out, kick you out <laughs> from anywhere, yeah. you know. Yeah. You can park and, you know, as long as you have a friend somewhere with a business, you mm-hmm. can, you know, ask permission and park, you know. And, that's what's and once you get your marketing going on it, you let people know where you're going to be. That's hey, true. Hey, we're going to be here. Come see us. That's and like then what people food trucks you. do. Yep. You see that? Like yeah. this Friday, we're going to be down on this spot. I mm-hmm. think, yeah. I so think, people follow you around. I think the website and how do you book and find where the, where the vehicle is. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be mm-hmm. on those certain days. It's kind of what's gonna yeah. be important. Like every yeah. Saturday, it's in Easy this fix. area. It's in the Commons. It's yeah. here. And you let you put out a schedule. This yeah. is where we're gonna be for the month, so people now. can book. And they book through Squire mobile yeah. dates. And you just have See. you create a barber, uh, like a a barber avatar. Yeah. And you say this is where we can name it Clark two point or Superman. Yeah. <laughs> you call it Superman because yeah. it's on the go, right? Yeah. Clark, what's Clark's? Well, my logo, oh, Clark Kent. Clark Kent. My logo has like a little Superman. Yeah, on, there you, know, you go. So you could have Clark's barber, and then you could have Kent the mobile vehicle. So it's yeah. Clark Kent, and this one's on the go. So you could create Sweet. a whole superhero. We went, we went off of. We'll talk about it off camera. <laughs> I too. know. Now the whole business <laughs> plan is out. There. I know. So there, and you could have like glasses. I don't know. It could be really cute. It's got the glasses on. Yeah, it's got yeah, a yeah. Superman costume underneath. Yeah, take them off and. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And you, there could be you something. Take a picture of you in the van like that. With yes, the, yes. With the Clark's logo. But, yeah. And your haircuts are kryptonite. Boom. For the so there's a whole thing. I know, right? I know. It could be yeah. really fun. Love and we'll help you build it out if you okay. want. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Sounds fun. There's so much. I'm so excited for you. <laughs> cool. Well, let's continue yeah. this talk going mm-hmm. forward and get this business booming. Yeah, I'm really excited for you. I love what you're doing. And I, I feel like you're such an inspiration to barbers all around this area. And also it could be something even bigger than that. Yeah. You know, just offering your insight. I think barbers get really stuck and you've got a great mentor. Maybe there's opportunity for you to mentor yeah. people in the future too. Yeah, you can't keep everything for yourself. Obviously, you know, um, you just got to share. Some people, you know, I've taken so many ideas from different businesses and also shops. But, you know, it's it's it's, it's like industry and everybody has to help each other and grow. You know, if there's more unity, you know, that will be even better, mm-hmm. you know, because People have great ideas all together and they just have to execute them. And there's yeah. only one you. So yeah. people like to That's think right. there's so much competition, but there's not. You can't, yeah. I can't compete with you. If I'm a barber and you're a barber, I can't compete yeah. with you because you're yeah. you and I'm me. Your failure doesn't and give me success. Plus you can both succeed. Plus once you get booked, like we only hit, barbers only have two hands. So you, yeah. once you get booked, where do you go from right. there? You know, and then, right. uh, you know, then the other barber gets booked and it's just like, you know, there's a certain amount of people, a percentage that want haircuts. And some of the barbers that are consistent and available, once they get booked, that's they reach, you know, mm-hmm. what it they flows want. over into somebody else. Right. Yeah. I think it's great. I love what you've done. I think you've built a really great environment and a work culture. And it, it's obvious and transparent because you have barbers that continue to still want to work with you and yeah. scale with you. And that says a lot about you. Yeah. And so. I like, I like, I like it. That's why I don't know when I'm, when yeah. I'm going to retire, but I love coming into the shop and seeing the guys. Yeah. And even though sometimes they give you a headache, but you hey. Sure. You know, That's I don't know. Life. I stay sometimes. So Saturdays I'm off usually mm-hmm. and I stay home and I'm like up at eight o'clock and I'm, Bored. you know, I'm trying to please my girlfriend because she wants me to relax and actually, but I can't. You can't. You know? You're a business owner. She would, you know, she'll sleep in a little bit. It'll be 11 o'clock and it's already been four hours and I've been, oh man, I could have done some, some work. I could have done two heads by now. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, yeah. yeah. Well, where can people reach out and find you when they're in the area? Website. Instagram and all that. Where where can they reach out? Well, usually most of our customers, uh, Google is really big. I mean, we get most of the people that I ask, they say Google. Yeah. Um, Instagram, I like to keep in touch with, with our clients, the, our followers. And mm-hmm. we do uh, some ads on there too. And and, it, and 
the people that are in town, so you have military coming in uh, here for training or they just got here. So you yeah. have to s stay consistent because that's where they at. They're looking at Instagram and then the shop pops up. And yeah. So Clark's Barber Lounge on all platforms. Just look it's for you on there. Name. Yeah. Okay. Clark's Barber Clark's Lounge. Clark's Barber Lounge. Sweet. And then yeah. booking through Squire. Squire. Yeah. So uh, all of our platforms has a uh, online booking so you can, you know, it takes you there mm -hmm. and our website, of course. And, um, you know, you'll meet a lot of people in town if, if you're, you know, going to restaurants or bars. And most of the time, you know, you know, it's like either they see somebody with a nice haircut. You know, I had a bartender tell me that every time he tries to tell somebody about, you know, uh, our barbershop, the guy's like, I just went there, you know. Oh, dope. Yeah, so. That's so cool. So we're, so for people in the area that don't know, Destin, Fort Walton Beach, yeah. Pensacola, and then the Cadillac in Fort Walton Beach. Too. So two in Fort Walton. Yeah, you got the headquarters, there's a standalone, uh, the big shop, and then you got a satellite shop down the, the road. It's probably like seven minutes from our barber nice. shop. And 38 coming soon. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. hopefully. Oh, let's yeah. plant that seed now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's going to happen. Hap it's happening. It's yeah. happening. That's so awesome. Joe's always on the next move. He's oh, already. Yeah. I love it. Thank Sweet. you so much for being a part of the podcast hey, today. Thank yeah. you for having me. This was me. really nice and I appreciate the insight. That's thank right. Thank you very much. We'll have to do it again sometime. Yeah. Yes. Sweet. Right. Shift and focus out.